thank you to the worship team. I told first hour, after they sing that song, I'll, rem- I'll sing it the rest of the day. I won't ever get the words all right, but it'll just keep running around in my mind. So I appreciate you sharing. If you have your Bible, go with me to the book of Galatians. I'm going to take the next couple of weeks, um, and we're going to walk through the book of Galatians. One of my favorite parts of, about being on staff is, is picking a book of the Bible and then kind of working our way through it. So we're going to go to Galatians chapter 1 this morning. Uh, on your way there, let me just give you a little information about it. So if, you're, if you kept on reading in Acts as you finished your by 21, you'll find in Acts chapter 9 that Paul's conversion. Uh, and so he meets Jesus on that road. And then you find in Acts chapter 13, you'll see that Paul's going to go on his first missionary journey. Well, what, what's kind of hard to put together in a time scale is, is Acts 9 is close to 13. So you just kind of think they just run together. There's a gap in there. And so you're going to have this, this guy by the name of Saul going to be transformed into Paul. And then Acts chapter 13 is going to go on a journey. Well, that's about somewhere 16, 17 years after his conversion. He's going to go to this area, and it's called Galatia, and he's going to share the gospel. He has a passion for these people to come to know Christ. Uh, and so uh, if you want to read a little bit about that, you can read in Acts chapter 13. That's where they lay on the hands. Acts chapter 14, he's going to get there and he's going to end up fleeing for uh, his life. And Acts chapter 14, verse 8, he's going to heal a cripple. And then in Acts chapter 14, 19 through 20, Paul's going to be stoned. He's going to be drug out and left to die. Uh, the disciples are going to gather around Paul. He's going to get back up. He's going to make, come back and he's going to walk back into town after being stoned. Paul went there with the power of the gospel to, to radically impact individuals' lives. And people got saved. People said yes to Jesus. People said yes to the gospel. And now we pick up the book of Galatians, and there's some things that are going on. So after Paul left, there's a group of Judaizers that had come in and said, you know, there's, oh, you guys are Gentiles. You understand, you understand the gospel, but they're going to add some things to salvation. So there's certain things you're going to have to do in order to be saved. So some of those you'll find out next week. You're going to read as we go on and farther on next week. You'll see a lot of those individuals are going to turn away from, from truth. So Paul's going to write back. But I don't know if you understand the passion as you read Galatians chapter 1. What it would be like for you to know that you went to an area, you were stoned, you told them about Jesus, people said yes, and then there's some people that's come on behind him and said, you know what, let's change this. And let's not change it just to say they miss it. Let's change it in such a way that they'll never spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. So Paul writes back, as looking at one of the commentaries, the gospel of grace has been trampled, and in place it's been offered the gospel of works which is no gospel at all, but a distortion of God's truth that leads to damnation rather than salvation. So as Paul's writing back to these people, he's writing back saying, guys, listen, if you get this wrong, it's going to cost you for eternity. If you get this wrong, your lives are going to be empty for however long you're left on this earth You won't have the understanding that the goodness of God is running after you. You don't know what it will look like for the joy of the Lord to say, you know what? I surrender. It's yours. You will have a religion that will leave you empty. And when you take your last breath, you'll spend eternity separated from Jesus. That's what's going on in Paul's heart and mind as you open up the book of Galatians 
And as he writes back to a group of individuals saying, hey guys, this isn't what I left you with. I left you with a guy by the name of Jesus. That's all that was left. Had nothing to do with law. Had nothing to do with what an individual said. It was Jesus, nothing more and nothing less. So when you open up the book of Galatians, that's where we're headed. Now what's interesting is, is that you and I can stop today and we can go visit churches and we can talk a lot of talk, but you don't hear a lot about Jesus anymore. So here you are in a generation where there's a lot of things that are being said But I want to challenge you to pause this morning and say, wait a second, the most important thing about who I am as an individual being part of Bible Fellowship Church family is the gospel. And that you understand that. And not just an understanding, well, you know, I understand it. That's really great. Jesus loves me. This I know. I'm going to heaven. No, no, no. Understand it to know that your mission is our community. They're going to get a chance to go back to Portugal. Things that they love They're excited about it. Well, our Portugal's right here. God's called them there. He's left us here for a reason. And it's not to be comfortable. It's not that everything that works out great for us is that the gospel gets poured out in our community and that we understand that and we do that well. So if you have your Bible, look at Galatians chapter one. We're gonna go through the first um, four verses um, this morning. So if you have your Bible, Galatians chapter one. Paul, an apostle, Not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me. To the churches at Galatia, so that's an area, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age, according to the will of God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So there's a couple things that I want you to see out of this passage of Scripture. First off, that I want you to see Paul's address to the churches at Galatia, and he addresses them with the word apostle. So something's going on in that community, in those churches, where individuals have stepped in and said, you know what, Paul's just a normal guy. There's nothing special about Paul. He's not even really one of the apostles. He wasn't part of God's original plan. Well, that is true. He was not one of the initial 12. But what makes this important is, and when you read the word apostle, now there's a lot of people throw this word around, okay? So when we think about the word apostle, when I talk to you as a church family about the word apostle, it's this. An apostle is an individual who has seen the risen Christ. If you want to go to Acts chapter 9, 3 to 5, Paul saw Christ on that road. An apostle is an individual that has the power to radically impact individuals' lives with miraculous healings. So when you read Acts chapter 14, and you're working your way through there, and, and Paul reaches out his hand. Now, the power is not in Paul. The power is in the gospel inside of Paul. But this apostle, he reaches out and miracul- Can you imagine this individual has been crippled, and then all of a sudden he walks? Can you imagine how the audience changed when Paul did those things? It's also very important when you read through the the book of Acts and you watch the Apostle Paul's life, Paul does not take any credit. He always deflects to Jesus and the cross. That's his message. He doesn't want any recognition because he knows it doesn't come from him. He understands what it was like, if you're reading through the book of Acts, to be standing there holding the coats when Stephen's being stoned. 
He has vivid memories as a man walking into a home and dragging family members out who said, yeah, you believe in Jesus? Okay, great. We're going to take you away. We're going to punish you. We're going to persecute you. He understands that. He was there. He watched it happen. He was part of it. I don't know if he had, the, if he had grabbed a hold of anybody's shirt or if he just told that soldier, that guy right there, he's gone. You take him away. That woman right there, gone. You take him away. Paul's not an individual. So you take an individual that's a persecutor and you transform him into a missionary. Who gets all the credit? Jesus. Never Paul. Never his teaching. Nothing about Paul. We're not going to read, as you read through the New Testament, you're not going to read, I, Paul, accomplished, 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 accomplished. You won't read that. What do you read? First Corinthians. That my grace is sufficient for thee, for Paul. Why? Because power is made perfect in weakness. You go through the book of Philippians. I'm pressing on towards the goal. Pray for me as I share the gospel. Paul? Pray for Paul? Really? You're this hero of the faith. I'm just an individual. When I get the opportunity to talk, I want to talk about Jesus. So you have this apostle, and it's not from man. It's not through man. It's from Jesus. That's the plan. So whoever now is going to get this letter back in the churches of Galatia, now they're going to have to make individual choices. Okay, we know what the community's saying. We know what society is saying. We know what this leader is saying. But what did Paul say back to us? He's an apostle. And that was part of God's plan. It was going to take an individual who wanted people to destroy because they loved Jesus to an individual that had a passion to talk about Jesus. That was his life. So you have the apostle who was sent out. If you want to look, think back way around verse Acts chapter 13. They did lay hands on Paul. They did send him out on his first missionary journey. That's true. He was sent out by men, but God is the one that ultimately had a plan uh, for Paul to be an apostle. So I want you to think your way around that. The second thing that I want you to look at is down in verse 3. I want you to see two words in verse 3. Grace and peace. Now, typically, when you and I start reading, we just read pretty quick through that. Okay, Paul's an apostle sent out by God on a mission to share the gospel. That's Paul. But as you read the word grace, so an acrostic or a way you can maybe kind of look at the word grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Hey, churches in Galatia, here it is. Grace. It's Jesus. It's not, I know what they're saying. And what's interesting is, so if you think about the word grace, that's, that's salvation, what leads to a source of what? So if I've got a relationship with Jesus, if I understand grace, guess what ultimately comes along with that? Peace. And it's not because of the individual, it's because of the one who is in the individual. Do you understand that? I don't have peace because I attend Bible Fellowship Church. I don't have peace because I put money in the offering box. I don't have that. That doesn't provide it. Peace is only provided because Christ was willing to pay the price for my sin. And then I said, yet I believe in that. Now that doesn't mean that you and I walk around and we never have any what I call high blood pressure moments. That's not true. There are times in our lives that we will be shaken. You need to be aware of that. Let's, let's just be honest. There's not one of us in this room except if Jesus would show up right now, that would not be shaken with things that go on in our lives. This is that, it, it doesn't happen. But I have peace because I have grace, and you can't flip those around. So I have Jesus, 
So I have God's riches at Christ's expense who came, came through Christ and now that provides peace. So in the midst of the chaos of the church at Galatia, in the midst of the false teaching that's going to take place, he said, guys, hold on. I'm still there. Jesus is still there. The cross is still there. Grace is still available. Peace is going to be something that you apply to your life because of God's grace. Now, it's interesting as you read this. So grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to see verse 4. So this group of individuals are now saying, well, grace and peace and hope and mercy are all going to come from works. That's what's taking place in Paul's culture. You'll see that as we read through the book of Galatians. One of the the key uh, chapters of Galatians is Galatians chapter 5. So I can't unpack all that this morning because we're going to run out of time. But I want you to look at, I want to look with you at a paragraph of scripture. And I want you to go back and think your way around this paragraph of scripture. In verse four, no matter what culture was saying, Paul wrote back to them and said this. Grace and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age. Just pause there for a second. So how's, how, how, how am I whole this morning? How, how is this church in Galatia going to be whole? They understand that forgiveness is only found through the cross. You cannot add anything to it. Listen well now. Because we're adding a lot of things to church these days. Your grandchildren, your great-grandchildren, your children. The only way that they're going to meet Jesus for eternity is through the cross. Jesus emptied himself for our sin. Now, most churches, most individuals sitting in a church understand God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, okay? That is a very easy believism. A two-year-old can understand it. But isn't it interesting that Paul just didn't leave it there? In the midst of all that's going on in these churches in Galatia, you know what? I'm just going to stop over there. I'm just going to make sure. Oh. I myself to the cross. I've never done that before. I mean, it will come down one step. Don't have to worry about that behind me. Power in present evil age. Dad, you need to grab a hold of that. Moms, you need to grab a hold of that. Students, you need to grab a hold of that. Because no matter what goes on in the world around us, guess what? I have power to navigate that. Why? Well, I went to college. I studied at Word of Life Bible Institute. No. Those are all neat things. I have power to navigate that because Jesus paid the price for my sins. He didn't add anything in there, did he? He didn't say go to church. Then you'll have power over this present evil age. No. Who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of God. That's the plan. Adam and Eve made a choice, and God said, hey, I have a plan. It's Jesus. Yes for forgiveness. Yes, power in an evil age. So all the, all the what-ifs can fall away. Now, they're not just going to fall away. 
because you're still breathing. I'm still breathing. But you know what's interesting is? I'm having conversations with Susan these days. And I said, you know what? What's weird with me right now is my insides shake. Now I realize that they don't literally shake. But I can feel something inside of me. When something goes on, like where, my, where I could, be, could worry or I could be concerned, it's like, it just shakes inside of me. I was like, you know what, Lord? I want your peace to reign. I don't want that to happen. See what I find myself? When my blood pressure starts to go up, I'm asking for the peace of God to move back in. Because Patterson's what ifs start to get really loud. And then the grace of God reminds me he's running after me. I know you as my father and I know you as my friend. And I want to know you as I surrender. So as, as Paul opens up to this, to this church at Galatia, he's saying, hey guys, I am an apostle and I know what's going on around you and it's okay. Let them talk. It's not because of men, not through men, but it's because of God's plan. Grace is available today and peace, and that comes from God. I have a little note in my Bible. As I think about Paul's message, I think about our opportunities in our community, I wrote this note. How far will I go so that other people may see Jesus? How far will we go? I realized this morning that I haven't said anything earth-shattering, like, wow, this is, this is unbelievable. But it's an opportunity for us to pause, just for me too, sitting in the office saying, you know what? God, you've given me a message. I'm not an apostle. I can't raise anybody. I can't fix anything. But I know a father who can. Let me talk to you about Jesus. So you're running after him. Can I ask you just a real practical question? What is something over this past week where you can give Jesus all the glory? Or maybe you have to go back two weeks or three weeks or four weeks or six months. Where you're just doing life and you're looking and you're reading and you're thinking and you're pausing saying, whoa, there you are. I see you. You stepped in here and here and here. You're running after me. I realize that none of us are an apostle this morning. None of us have seen the risen Christ. But he's left us for a reason. Go enjoy your lunch. Go home, take a nap. Go home and watch whatever you want to watch. Or come back to church tonight. College and career, family discipleship. We have public hamburgers that will be cooked on the grill tonight. So we got extra. So I figured, you know, between you and Bauer, at least four or five are going to go. So I figured we have plenty of hamburgers. Enjoy the hamburger. Enjoy the game. Don't forget this. You're alive for one reason. To demonstrate the grace of God running after you. What's so cool is you, is you finish these last, these last words in verse five. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, we want you to get all the glory. So as a message, I hope it's clear for you. I hope you understand. I've left, why? For a message. God's riches at Christ's expense.
provides peace in my soul because I found forgiveness. I found Jesus. And I just didn't find the, the saving Jesus. I just didn't find the John 3.16 Jesus. I found the Jesus that I can find life in his name. John 20, 21. I found that Jesus said in Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, Be confident of this very thing that he began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. I found that Jesus in Philippians chapter 3, forgetting what is behind and pressing on towards what's in front of me. I found that Jesus in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I found that Jesus. And I pray as you go about Monday morning and Tuesday and Wednesday that you will say, you know what? You've left me here to be a witness in Highlands County. As they go serve the gospel, share the gospel, love people in Portugal, we've been left here to spread the gospel in Highlands County. There's a lot of things you can be running after right now. There's a lot of things, oh, I'll just just go to the building. I'll just be involved in church. Thanks for being here. But he wants to tell his story of grace in your life. To your children, to your grandchildren, to your great-grandchildren. And maybe, just maybe, Portugal one day. Or Mexico one day. Or South Korea one day. Or to the guy at the gas station at Circle K. Or to the person in the golf cart. Or the person at Walmart. He's running after them too and he's left us here to make sure that we shine the light of Jesus in a broken community. So Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be around your word this morning. So Lord, as we end the Galatians chapter one and Paul's writing to these churches and said, hey, may may Jesus be be all the honor, all the glory, all the credit. I pray that for Matt and Lindsay. God, as they serve you in Portugal. I pray that for Abner and Susan as they serve in South America. I pray that for individuals that are not feeling well today, like Lamar and Donna and Debbie Ludington and Don Lips is recovering from surgery and Bobby Graham has been in an accident and Rich. God, all of them have, have physical issues today. But may their physical issues be manifested as the glory of God. May they know in their soul that you are running after them. And may they surrender. May they take none of the credit for whatever's going to happen. But may you get all the credit, Jesus. And then, Father, there's individuals that are in this building that are broken, that we don't have it all together. And there's things that are going on inside of our soul. But we want to I want to come to you today and say, okay, I'm not an apostle, but I'm a missionary to Highlands County. May your message be clear, grace and peace. And that's only found in the name of Jesus. You don't have to be afraid today. You don't have to be overwhelmed today, not because of you, but because of Jesus in you. Take a deep breath. Your kids are going to be okay. Your grandchildren are going to be okay. Your moms and dads, they're going to be okay. Why? Because Jesus is in charge. So, Father, may we rest in your sovereignty today. 
May we not get distracted from the message that we're supposed to be sharing. But we need your help in that. There are days that we're overwhelmed. There are days that we are burdened. There are days that we're afraid. There are days that we don't understand. So in those days, may we learn to surrender better and to watch you work in amazing ways where people come to know you, Jesus. And may people make, take the spiritual growth steps that you're calling them to take, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. God bless you and have a great day. Thank you for being with us.